Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to Leadership Stars. I hope you're having a great day. I know I am. And oh, this session is going to be so phenomenal. I have a woman that I met at an association meeting and I can, uh, we become friends. She actually um, stepped up and took on a role that I had had with the association. And I'm so grateful and blessed that she did that. Um, she is a phenomenal acupuncturist. She's also an herbalist and she owns Kokoro Clinic. And she's going to tell us all about that and what it means. Um, she's passionate about Chinese medicine and she loves to educate her patients and her community about the beauty and profound aspects of this ancient and still very relevant medicine. And we're going to talk today about you know how to keep your health plan going during the holidays, which are coming up very shortly. And so, Wanda, I really want to welcome you to the show, and I feel so lucky to have you here. Thank you so much, Wanda. It's such a privilege to be on your show. I'm really excited to share with your your audience and have them learn more about Chinese medicine and to support people's health during this time period, which is, I know, really challenging for a lot of people. Well, I think a challenge is not only because it's the holidays, and so you're eating stuff that you don't normally eat. You're eating more of those things that you don't normally eat. You're with family. You're with friends. There's a lot of conversation, probably a few adult libations, and it's it's really easy to go off that wonderful, healthy plan that you have in place the other nine months, 10 months of the year. So Wanda, how does Chinese medicine support your health plan? Well, Chinese medicine is a really beautiful system in that it is a constitutional medicine. So it really looks at the whole person. It is really holistic medicine. So when someone comes to see me, even for something like shoulder pain, I'm not going to just look at the shoulder. I look at the whole body, look at their digestion, look at their sleep. And so we come up with a plan and a treatment that's really very specific and tailored to that each individual. I think that's the real beauty that Chinese medicine offers. Um, and in terms of the holidays and this time of year, ironically, in terms of Chinese medicine, the seasons are such that, you know, that's really what we should be going by and listening to, and we are in the water season, which is winter, and it's all about rest, <laughs> which is very counter <laughs> to our culture. We don't really yeah. get a lot of rest during the holidays. It's go, 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 and, you know, this holiday party and this event and this family thing, um, and, and that is actually totally counter to what Chinese medicine advises. It's to go to bed early when it's dark and to get a lot of rest and sleep, to drink plenty of water as it is the water time of year, and to meditate, to really have quiet time and introspective time. It's almost like a, a hermitage would be really great mm -hmm. around this time of year. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't <laughs> think very many people do that. Um, so my, my number one advice, actually, during the holidays is to do less. Mm. If possible, 
schedule yourself a little bit less. I know that we want to, you know, have the best presence to give our loved ones and we want to, you know, be our best and kind of do all of the things. And I actually advise my patients and try to take this on as my own advice is to just do a little <laughs> bit less. So if it means even going to the gym one day less or mm. going to bed a little earlier and not having evening plans every night, to really honor that kind of quietude that our organs would really benefit from in this time period. Um, and, and the beauty, too, is with Chinese medicine, if we've been listening to the seasons and adhering to that throughout the year, you know, we kind of chilled a little bit on the sugar intake during the late summer, Indian summer, fall time, and, uh, you know, we're, we're eating warm foods and eating foods that are seasonal not eating a lot of cold foods during a cold time, then we're kind of already primed to continue to take care of our health. We're not going to get sick, you know, as a lot of people do during the winter season. So having that seasonal perspective throughout the year is really helpful as well. Well, Wanda, as long as we're talking about the other three seasons, could you tell us just a little bit about them and what how they're different sure. from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, in Chinese medicine, we say there are five seasons. So there are five elements in Chinese medicine. So we're in the water season. This is kidney and bladder time. Um, we move into the spring afterward. That's wood time. That's um, liver and gallbladder season. So that's all about growth and new growth and change. Um, and the key is to um, eat fresh foods. It's a good time to do a liver cleanse, not in the winter and not in the summer. Fall and spring are the best times to kind of clean up our diet. So in the spring, we could look at cutting sugar, cutting alcohol, maybe doing a little two-week two restart. And I don't always recommend like doing a juice fast or anything like that. If that's mm-hmm. what you really like, you can do that. But really, just a very simple kind of cleanup of our diet, eating a little bit lighter foods, eating fresh foods, Staying with cooked foods, because in Chinese medicine, we like supporting digestion by having more cooked foods rather than raw foods. Um, And then as we move into summer, it's much warmer, so we can eat more raw foods. Summer is the season of the heart and the small intestine. It's the fire season. And so having, you know, salads is appropriate in this time of year. Eating more cooling foods like watermelon and cucumber, totally appropriate. Not a good time, again, to do a cleanse. The next season is uh, what we call like Indian summer, and that's late fall or, I'm sorry, late summer, early fall. Um, Mm -hmm. In California, we definitely have Indian summer. That's kind of the like August, September, sometimes even October, um, warm weather, and that is the digestive prime time. It's spleen and stomach time, and it's really good to be eating you know, whatever is seasonal, so persimmons and um, even some of the root vegetables are coming out in that time of year. Um, mm-hmm. And again, sticking to kind of the warm and cooked foods and really celebrating the harvest, right? That's the time of year when all the fruits and vegetables are coming into the market. And then as we move into the fall, that's uh, metal time, that's lung and large intestine. And the key is really that's when a lot of people start getting sick. Um, in Chinese medicine, the lung is very, Western medicine as well, it's perceptible, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. susceptible to um, illness and getting sick. We call it a delicate organ in Chinese medicine. Um, and so really staying warm during this time period, this is also a, a good time period to do a little cleanup of the diet, having 
less heavy foods, less fried foods, having really cooked foods and warm foods is ideal mm-hmm. in the uh, in the fall. Um, pears are really moistening for for fall. Um, keeping the lungs really moist and healthy is key to not staying sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the sum up of the year and brings us back to the winter. Back to winter, back to when you should be hibernating like, like the bears and, and many of the other yeah, animals, right? Just, yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, with technology, with, you know, all of our modern life, we have this emphasis on go and push and do. And if we listened to the seasons, we'd be going to bed a little bit earlier. We just had the time change, and it mm-hmm. gets dark quite early now, so heading sort of changing your bedtime routine so that you're in bed by 10:30 at the latest in terms of Chinese medicine um, because 11 o'clock is gallbladder time and the gallbladder really supports the liver and in Chinese medicine the liver is not only controlling the smooth movement of qi through all of our organs and meridians but also controlling anger and stress <laughs> and we all have a lot of stress in our lives just our modern lives uh, you know, keep us kind of busy and active. Um, so having that support, having gallbladder, which is the paired meridian to liver, mm-hmm. uh, resting already at 11 p.m. really supports the liver. So a lot of people tend to wake up between 1 and 3 a.m. if they're having uh, difficulty staying asleep, if they're having that type of insomnia. And that is the liver time. You know, most often people tell me, yes, I have a hard time staying asleep. And I wake up between... 1 and 3 a.m. with a racing mind that is telltale stress impacting our sleep. And the first advice I say is go to bed by 10.30 so that you are totally asleep by 11 and that can really help support the liver. In addition to getting regular exercise, actually. Exercise really mm-hmm. helps support the liver, helps move that chi more smoothly. And that's a, another relationship in terms of Chinese medicine, the spleen, like the spleen is the digestive organ in Chinese medicine. And it's working out, rules the muscles. So get some, some vigorous exercise in to help move the liver chi and not have that stressful wake up at 1 a.m. <laughs> I know what that's like. In fact, I was going to ask you about the clock and the various body parts and why, oh, why we wake up at 3 o'clock. Clock. Yeah. Um, and... You know, and you just told us sort of what that means. So you said being able to go to bed at 1030. What else can you do to help you to sleep through that two-hour block? Well, you know, hygiene is really important, actually. I talk to a lot of patients about just the basics of setting up your own sleep hygiene. And, and we don't really talk about hygiene in terms of a lot of things aside from our, like, bodily hygiene or maybe mm-hmm. our dental hygiene or oral hygiene, but sleep hygiene is just as important um, along with mental hygiene, you know, watching our thoughts. Um, and for sleep hygiene, it's some basic stuff that I advise my patients. Go to bed around the same time and wake up around the same time every day, including weekends. Um, so, you know, it can vary within a half hour or so to an hour, but you don't want to be sleeping till noon on the weekends when you're waking up at 7 a.m. On, on weekdays. Um, the other thing that's really impactful is actually blue lights or phones or screens Mm. or computers all emit blue light and that affects our circadian rhythm. We have uh, our pineal gland, which Mm -hmm. is in tune with the light outside, which is why, you know, going to bed when it's dark, it's those cues that our bodies are telling us of 
oh, you should definitely go to bed now. It's dark. I'm getting tired. But when we've got our face and our phones and our computers and our TVs, um, that blue light kind of cuts off that signal of, oh, it's, it's dark and I'm tired now because blue light is the same light as outdoor light. So what I recommend to patients is wearing blue light blocking glasses. They're amber glasses. Um, I personally love uh, a particular brand called Swanwick Sleeps, mostly because they're FDA approved. Um, I know that they are blocking the blue light because, you know, there's another overseeing body telling me this, telling me so. Um, mm-hmm. Other brands on the market are way cheaper. I will say you can get like $6 blue light blocking glasses on Amazon but they don't have the FDA mark of approval. The Swanwicks are pretty expensive. I think they're 70 retail. I offer my patients um, a 10% discount just to, because I've, I've talked to Swanwick Sleep and told them how much I love their product. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started using them, I noticed I got tired earlier. So Ooh. I'd be on my phone, you know, looking at Instagram or playing video games or whatever. And uh, a full like hour earlier, I was getting tired around 10. And when I was wearing my Swanwicks, for the hour or two before bedtime, I was definitely getting tired early around 9.15, 9.30. I would notice my eyes would start drooping. And so that really helped, you know, my body clue into my own signals of I'm tired earlier when it actually seems dark. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I like to tell people who have a hard time falling asleep is to establish a routine, you know, going to bed around the same time, but also something else that can kind of help anchor uh, the body. And I, I, suggest something that uses the other senses. So either essential oil, like a lavender essential oil on their temples or um, chamomile tea. It doesn't have to be very complicated, but just another anchor. The Mm -hmm. body gets into a routine of, oh, this is what we do. We're getting ready. We're winding down. And then some obvious stuff like don't watch super scary stuff on TV. Don't read the news. Don't, you know, engage in really intense or stressful conversations right before bed. Like, really let yourself wind down if it involves journaling or, you know, um, having kind of that download with your partner or whatever it is. Let that be the, like, I'm chilling out rather than I'm getting wound up and telling you how stressful my day was and then this meeting, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, uh, some people tend to do uh, meditation or even a gratitude practice. Those can really help as well. And, and you're you're getting more your body that to that be in that relaxed state. Um, the other suggestion I give people who tend to wake up between the one and three and they're doing all the other things. You know, they've got their anchor. They're going to bed around the same time. They're using blue light blockers, but they just have a stressful life because. I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I suggest a breathing technique. Uh, it's, I learned about it on Dr. Andrew Wheel's website. It's called the 478 Breath. And it involves exhaling to a count of, oh, wait, hold on. You do the whoosh breath. <laughs> you inhale to a count of four. Hold your breath for seven seconds and then exhale to a count of eight, again, making the whoosh sound. So you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth right behind your teeth, which is actually a really auspicious place in Chinese medicine. We put our tongue there when we're doing qigong or other meditation. It's to connect a meridian by connecting to that place in our mouth. And then you make mm-hmm. a sound mm. um, when you're doing the exhale. So the eight breath exhale, is, you're still trying to make that sound. Um, and I found that everyone can look it up on the internet in case I'm not describing it well, but that really helps. It lowers your blood pressure and you're focusing on your breath rather than thinking, which is often what is the kind of hook that gets people 
to have a hard time falling asleep. They get hooked into their thoughts and, oh, I have this to do. If it helps, write all that stuff down. Try not to turn on the light, you know, have a pad of paper and try to write in the dark, you know, just have it be whatever notes you can keep for yourself so that you can let them go and try to get back to sleep and then practice the four, seven, eight breaths. If that's too hard, it, it can get a little breathless sometimes, holding your breath that long. Shorten it or count faster until it feels more <laughs> comfortable, and then do four cycles of it. And it, I find it so, um, it's for me, it's super effective uh, to just help me knock right out. <laughs> I think it's right. the lowering of my blood pressure um, if I do wake up in the, in the middle of the night. So, Wanda, give us the name of those glasses again, or the maker of those glasses again. Absolutely. It's called Swan Wick Sleep. So swan like the bird, wick mm-hmm. like a candle wick, and sleep. Okay. Um, okay. I will say their website's right. a little gimmicky. It tends to, you know, they want you to buy another thing. And, oh, we also have this other product for you. Um, mm-hmm. I can only really vouch for the glasses because I've used them and I really enjoy them. Okay. And if, you're, so, uh, if your listeners are interested in getting my 10% discount, they can go to my website and send me an email, and I'll email them back the code as a special gift to you and your listeners. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, audience, you heard Wanda give us all sorts of great tips, from breathing to special glasses to just being more quiet. So when we get back, think while we're gone, think about what you can do differently this season to help you stay healthy. And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with linda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back and i have the most amazing woman wanda debkowska 
Koska, um, who is this phenomenal acupuncturist, but she has more to offer. And some of the key things that came out of that first segment were the breathing exercise, um, the 478 that comes off of Andrew Weil's uh, website. Definitely hook into that. Again, it helps you to slow down and to possibly even begin a meditation practice out of that. Um, and also the amber glasses, especially if you're using your phones or your iPads, or you're playing games or on your computer or whatever, Swanwick Sleep. And as Wanda said, if you want that 10% discount, you can go directly to her website and send her an email. And I think the third one was just talking about the season as a whole, winter, that it's a time for rest. Um, and it's going to bed a little bit earlier because the sun sets early. It's drinking more water. It's having warm foods, meditating, slowing down. So think about your seasonal activities around the Thanksgiving, Christmas timeframe. How many parties are you going to? How many events do you need to attend? Uh, how many children's pageants are you going to? Um, where are you spending the holidays? Do you need to travel? Those kinds of things and see if there's a way to slow that down. Remember, as a leader, you set the vision and what the steps are that will make that happen. And if one of your visions is to come through the holidays healthier, not having gained any weight, and definitely not coming down with any kind of illness, then slowing down is something definitely you want to set in that vision and in the goals that you set for this season. So Wanda, one of the things I want to talk about, um, what made you uh, study Chinese medicine as opposed to traditional Western medicine? Well, I think like a lot of healers, it was my own health crisis. Um, I had eczema as a teenager in high school. Uh, I went to a competitive magnet school. And junior year, you know, you're applying to colleges. And the stress took over and manifested in my body. So I had mm -hmm. um, really angry rashes, eczema in my flexure. So that's in, behind my el in my elbows and behind my knees. Mm. I had to wear a, a long sleeve dress and a long, a long dress to winter ball. I remember having a really hard time finding... <laughs> a dress that had long enough skirt, like knee length mm -hmm. skirt to cover my knees and my elbows. Cause I was so embarrassed by it. And it right. got better when I graduated from high school and went to college. Um, and it was after college in my twenties, kind of stressful time in my life again, where it flared back up. And this time it really took over my entire body. It was on my face, my ears, my eyes, my neck, my torso, my arms, my hands all over. And it was, mm. um, you know, there was no covering up that amount of rash. Um, and I saw a bunch of different healers and I, I will confess that I was really desperate and had I given, you know, the homeopath or the naturopath that I saw a little bit more time, uh, rather than I want to see results right away. Um, I might've seen results sooner. Uh, but instead my friend suggested I go see a Tibetan doctor. So I went mm. to see her a Tibetan herbalist. She gave me very simple dietary changes. She told me to stop drinking alcohol stop eating sugar, no fried or spicy food. And uh, she gave me some Tibetan herbs. And within that week, I already, I started to see changes. My skin was less angry. It was less itchy. It was less hot. Um, and in Chinese medicine and Tibetan medicine, uh, you know, alcohol is a very hot, temperatured food. 
spicy and fried food, how our food is prepared is also impacted sort of the, the heat level mm-hmm. in your body. Obviously, spicy food creates heat. Um, and so eliminating those hot foods really, really helped reduce the internal heat that was happening and manifesting as a skin rash. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave me a lot of food-related changes. So in both Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and Tibetan medicine, um, the temperature of foods is really important to our constitution. So um, as someone who has um, I have a, an okay digestion, my digestion isn't weak, but when we're talking about constitution, we're really looking at, like, who are you essentially, like, what has always been your your health challenges or your health strengths for some people? Mm-hmm. Some of my patients, they're great at having a daily bowel movement. It's not an issue for them. It's no problem with digestion, no gas or bloating. You know, they can eat food and, and not have any issues. Uh, other patients, they eat something a little bit off. Maybe they're eating too much cold food in the winter and or too much raw food, and they get gas or bloating after they have a salad, even if it's noontime, even if it's a warm day, um, or they're having difficulty with regular bowel movements or even having formed bowel movements. Our bowel movements should look like a banana formed and should exit the body quickly, um, like an Acapulco diver from a cliff diver, <laughs> make a little splash in the water. And as we mm-hmm. age that, obviously, won't be as, you know, as quick out of the body. It might be a little bit slower, a little bit more sluggish, but those all reflect on our constitution. And our constitution changes a little bit as we age, obviously. We tend to mm-hmm. slow down a little mm-hmm. bit more. We try to tend to get a little bit drier. Um, we call those body fluids the yin fluids in Chinese medicine, and they tend to decline as we age. Um, so, making sure we're well hydrated sort of basically really helps as well. Um, I got a little off topic and started giving health advice when I was telling you what got me into Chinese medicine. So uh, (laughs) I saw my Tibetan herbalist for 10, 15 years and um, really was so amazed at the intricacies and beauty of Tibetan medicine. And when you kind of think about where Tibet is, in relationship to Chinese medicine, there is a lot of overlap there. And I asked her, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to do what you do. And she kind of laughed at me. She said, I'd have to learn Tibetan and I'd have (laughs) to go to the Tibet government in exile in India, Dharamasala, and it would probably take about 12 years. That was 12 years after I learned Tibetan. So I was a little dissuaded being already in my 30s at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, instead she suggested I study the meridians of the body. So she suggested I go to acupressure school. So I did. Mm -hmm. I studied at the Acupressure Institute in Berkeley and learned the meridians. And I think that was really the first time having my hands on other people's bodies that 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 light went off in my brain of this is what I want to do. I want to help other people. I want to be a healer. I feel this fire inside of me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a long journey. You know, this is already 15 years of me seeing a Tibetan herbalist. Um, I studied acupressure. I went to uh, Western Herbal School, and I was mm. actually pretty resistant to Chinese medicine initially. I was very intent on studying Western herbs because they grow here. Um, I was, you know, I wanted herbs that were local and organic and sustainable, and China just seemed really far away. And it was one of my classes, again, my teacher laughed at me and said, you know, herbs have immigrated with people for thousands of years. The herbs you think that are Western herbs have come from Western Asia. They're mm. very few, like truly, like, truly indigenous herbs that we're using are like echinacea 
and uh, yerba buena, which is mint, and mm-hmm. herbs have traveled, so get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's when I was like, all right, I, I guess I'll try out Chinese medicine. And it was like a, a, a thousand light bulbs went off in my head, like a pinball machine, ding, 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 when I stepped mm-hmm. into Chinese medical school, the very first class. It wasn't even a Chinese medical theory class. It was anatomy. And uh-huh. um, it, it was it was the right place. And my, I knew in every cell of my body that I was meant to be there despite all the protestations of like, Oh, it's not local. It's not organic. And I think I'm going to be an ND instead. And uh, an ND is a naturopathic doctor. Um, but I definitely think Chinese medicine is the right, the right place for me. Um, in terms of why I didn't choose Western medicine, actually, I never really vibed with it. You know, when I had eczema as a teenager, I went to my, uh, my medical doctor and, asked for support. I didn't get any dietary changes. My doctor simply said, we can put you on steroids, topical (laughs) and internal. And to me, that seemed like a Band-Aid on a problem that, you know, wasn't really a true fix. And um, Mm -hmm. there are studies now, actually, that say steroid use, corticoid steroids, um, actually push eczema or push the the skin issue deeper into the body. And in Chinese medicine, we know that the lung and the skin are very deeply related Mm-hmm. And people who have eczema often have asthma, so that's a real that's a, a really strong link that even Western medicine is really connecting to now. Um, and it's better not to push things deeper into the body, but to let them express. In I know homeopath- um, homeopathy, uh, the the further external it is, the better it is. So whether it's distally on the body, you know, hands and feet, or like the skin level, that's actually a better expression than pushing it deeper into the body. Um, and, and yeah, I think the plants have some really true wisdom for us. Mm-hmm. You know, they have co-evolved with us. And if we can slow down and listen to them and honor the, the magic and the medicine that plants have for us, you know, whether they're herbal plants or even the trees, you know, I think mm-hmm. the more we can connect with nature, the more we can connect with the seasons, with what it is to be on this planet, you know, rotating around the sun, the the more that we're supported in living in, in tune with the way that we are supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that's a challenge. It's really hard when we live in such a modern technology dependent culture. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the most profound experiences I had early on in my education was being still and being present with the plants. Uh, we would mm-hmm. do like plant meditation where you just sit in front of a plant and breathe and kind of, be, try to be receptive to what the plant has to communicate with you. And I know it sounds maybe really hokey to a lot of listeners, or even you, Linda. Um, <laughs> no, I, actually is not. <laughs> real, there is real wisdom um, mm-hmm. that comes from our, our plant, our plant allies, and um, being able to listen to that is pretty, is pretty cool. I've had some really amazing experiences that just, you know. I have a skeptical mind. I love science. I started out as a science major in, in college. I was a chemistry major. I was, like, really into, you know, molecules and how they connect everything in this world. And mm-hmm. um, I love things that make sense. And and uh, it was really hard for me when I first started learning even Chinese medicine. To <laughs> I told my <laughs> friends, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because yes. we talk about the body so incredibly differently. You know, like we talk about when we get a cold or a flu, we call it an evil. We call it a wind that's gone into the body. And I'm like, come on. 
it's a virus, but really it is an evil, right? A virus mm-hmm. oh, yeah. is something that's, that's foreign, that's in the body, that, that isn't meant to be there. Unlike our bacteria, which aren't foreign. And um, the other thing I'm really passionate about is actually uh, having healthy bacteria. So mm-hmm. not taking antibiotics if, if possible. Um, we have so many bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics and we need the most diversity of uh, bacteria in our bodies. We're actually more bacterial cells than human cells when you break it down, which is kind of weird to think about, but we are in Mm -hmm. a symbiotic relationship with the bacteria in our body, on our body, in our gut, um, and that's super important to our health. So having really healthy bacteria, which means keeping everything in balance, eating well, not, not feeding the, the bad bacteria with too much sugar or alcohol, um, eating a diversity of foods, eating a diversity of healthy bacteria, so it's fermented foods, um, even switching up our probiotics that we're taking, switch up the brands, you know, you want to have as diverse a microbiome as possible. Um, and then that's really coming to the forefront in Western medicine as well. People are doing fecal implants because they don't have the correct bacteria in their gut, and it's really hard for that for that system to keep up the healthy bacteria. So they will implant other people's bacteria into their bodies to help their their own bodies process their food and have healthier That's, digestion. Um, and sounds... I know it sounds totally wacky, but look it up; it is real. <laughs> there is, there are actual fecal implants um, that are are medically being done to help people's guts, mm-hmm. um, and our our yes. digestive system is. So important in Chinese medicine, in Western medicine, you know, really having, um, eating well and knowing where our food comes from, staying away from GMOs. We, we don't really totally understand how they impact the digestion, but we know enough to know it is not good. It's right. not seen so as, true. as and food. Wanda, I it's think it's, it's fascinating thing. that uh, your, your teachers talked about Western herbs versus Chinese herbs and the fact that the herbs mm-hmm. are here. If you look back, like, oh, let's say the revolutionary time here, um, wise women and healers were using the herbs that were here to heal because they didn't have anything else. There, there were no antibiotics or probiotics per se. And so what they had to use was the indigenous plants that were here and they were they were brilliant at being able to choose the right herb for the right disease um, and to be able to heal the people at that, that point in time. So I, I, I get the whole um, concept of using herbs, be they from here, um, having traveled from China to here, or whether you, you're purchasing them from China as well. So I, I think that's a real powerful message that's being sent. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they're doing implants to give you more bacteria, but I know that you know you, you get certain antibiotics and the, you know the next thing you know, you've got other issues that you didn't have. You have infections and um, you know that kind of thing that you didn't have before you got sick. So in essence, it creates a whole new illness that you have to deal yeah. with rather than Absolutely. actually healing you. And I think that is the, the conundrum of Western medicine is that, you know, there are often unknown unknown effects when we're doing mm-hmm. something. And also I want to clarify to your listeners, I don't suggest never taking antibiotics or right. never going to Western medicine. I think absolutely Western medicine is not the, the lockdown on surgery for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't try to do that on your own. Don't try <laughs> to avoid, you know, having something removed if it needs to be removed. 
Um, and, and the same with antibiotics, you know, if you've mm-hmm. got a really nasty infection, absolutely take care of it, you know. Um, well, but you can prevent it beforehand by, by using herbs, by using right. topical herbs to, you know, help help stay healthy in the beginning. The other thing I wanted to share that you said that was really beautiful about herbs, um, whole plant constituents that we use a lot of, uh, a lot of our, our pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals actually come from extracts of plants. For mm-hmm. example, uh, aspirin, salicylic acid, comes right. from a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the irony is that the plant does the job better because it has constituents to protect the stomach. So aspirin tends to upset people's stomach, but if you take it in a whole plant form, it has constituents to protect the stomach. Same with diuretics. Uh, some diuretics are like um, dandelions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, one of the issues of taking diuretics is that it, it drains or zaps out your potassium, and so you need to make sure that you have good good levels of potassium and okay. dandelion has lots of potassium. You know, when we and, look at our plants as allies, a, we're, we're great... getting everything we need. It's pretty cool how it's all, <laughs> how it's all evolved like that. Right. And these are really great tips for us to think about and to implement and look at where you're using things that may be too strong and, you don't need at this point versus using something gentler um, like an herb. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm with my guest who has just really imparted so many phenomenal things about Chinese medicine and your health and how to stay healthy during the holidays. Um, And so I want to welcome Wanda back. 
Um, and Wanda, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about in this segment is uh, acupuncture, um, sticking needles in people. And I've had it done, and, and I, <laughs> I find it to be incredibly relaxing, um, unless mm-hmm. for whatever reason we've hit something that we're not supposed to hit. But for the most part, um, I have to. I've had phenomenal uh, experiences and great results from that. So, uh, briefly. What is acupuncture versus acupressure, and why do the needles not necessarily go where you think they should as the patient? Uh, where you think they should in terms of like, oh, I'm working on ankle pain, but then you've put some needles in my shoulder? Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we have a variety of ways of working with the body. Mm-hmm. When I'm working on someone's ankle, sometimes they will stick needles in their ankle. And uh, sometimes you work distally along the meridian and, mm-hmm. you know, put them in the shoulder or put them in another part of the body. Um, and it's working along the channels. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those channels go to different parts of the body and then it will affect that distal area. Um, mm-hmm. We also get to use ear treatments, which are a microcosm yes. for the body on the ear, which is really effective for pain. I love um, mm-hmm. doing ear acupuncture for people. And I can stick a needle in and ask them, is it better? And they're like, wait, right now? I said, yes, right now. It should go away right now. And that's the beauty. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing, potent system of medicine. Um, I, mm-hmm. I love it so much. And yeah, people, I love that you're talking about the relaxation that occurs Mm-hmm. That's kind of a side effect. I'm not putting needles in you to make you take that 20 minute nap. <laughs> but yes, it was. It was always a 20 people minute are nap. Very right. yeah. Yeah. People are very surprised. Yeah. People are very surprised that it's that relaxing. And I think that's really the benefit of it. We live incredibly stressed alive. And having that time to just be with the body, to just have that energy flow moving smoothly, to. And there's something very special about that 20-minute nap. It's not just like a 20-minute nap you take in your office or at home. Mm-hmm. It's very restorative. It's very healing. The brain goes into theta brainwave state. And, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty special. It's pretty magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe I should I stop agree. using the word magical. It's not magical. But- it's a system of medicine that <laughs> happens to have effects that we're very, you know, that we are not used to experiencing as Westerners. You know, it's very common in China. Western medicine and, and Chinese medicine are side by side in the hospital. You get treated by both. And I would love to mm-hmm. see that in our country. I would love that. I think it's really where we need to be going in terms of healthcare is having both supporting each other and more emphasis, you know, the same emphasis on preventative medicine. And I think what the, part of what's going to take is having leaders in the government who are willing to, and in, the, in medicine, in Western medicine as well, who are willing to take that step to partner with the, the naturopaths, the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, um, and other folks in that modality and really partner with them for the health of the patient, not, not just their ego of being able to do whatever it is that they do. And that's going to take, I think, um, a lot of leadership on both sides to be able to well, meld those two together. Point in terms of our healthcare, where we see these incredibly high costs mm-hmm. of, you know, when so many people have comorbidities, they're dealing with 
diabetes and they're also dealing with high blood pressure and they're also dealing with chronic migraines, that really Chinese medicine is the next natural fit because it's very affordable. Needles are incredibly cheap. It's my education <laughs> that was expensive, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the next the next place to go. It just it seems like such a natural fit and I'm looking forward to when, you know, not just 10% of the population has had acupuncture, but mm-hmm. at least the majority have said, oh, yeah, I see my acupuncturist, you know, about once a month and just have mm-hmm. a little tune-up. It really helps me get out of this health crisis. Um, and, and the biggest piece, I think, is that people are afraid of needles, and it's mm-hmm. super unfamiliar. Yeah, I'm and definitely not honestly, afraid of needles. I'm going to confess. Yeah. I was a needle phobe when I started school. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> you yeah, learned I didn't real really fast love that you, uh, acupuncture. Yeah. My, uh, what uh, I, my I acupuncturist friend said, we should get you some acupuncture before you start school. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think it's interesting, though. I, uh, Western medicine has sort of done this over its history in the fact that um, you know, again, there were women in the 1600s and earlier who were the healers, who were hedge witches, if, if you want to call them that. Um, they worked with herbals, they worked with the plants, and they were the, the town healer. And yet when men went into the Western medicine and, and, you know, more along the lines of, you know, the surgery and the interventions and that kind of thing, they wanted those secrets that the women had, but we had passed that down from woman to woman to woman to woman, and it wasn't a man's um, arena. And so many of them lost their lives because of that. And now we're we're sort of stuck with the 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 male Western model versus the more feminine uh, Eastern model with uh, the other modalities. And I think blending those two, it's sort of the yin and the yang, uh, blending the masculine and the feminine could be so powerful in being able to bring the best of both sides together. Right? Oh, I think absolutely. We're at a time period where the feminine needs to be coming to power in all aspects, in our mm-hmm. governments, in our, um, in our businesses, in, in all aspects of life. I think that there has been too much of an imbalance of power for way too long. And I look forward to women taking more roles in leadership and taking being in control and being the heads of state and the, being the heads of companies. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, ironically, in Chinese medicine, actually, it wasn't as much of it. It was more of a masculine, you know, medicine. It's mm-hmm. a 3,000-year-old medicine. There have been more men, male right. acupuncturists yeah. and herbalists. Um, but I think, you know, in school, I had mostly women in my cohort. I had mostly women in the school. I do think that women uh, re- reclaiming their role as healer and as leader mm-hmm. is definitely coming to to a forefront in this time. And I look forward to it. I look forward to yeah. women being more in power. I think that's absolutely what's going to help heal our country, heal our planet. You know, we're definitely entering mm-hmm. so much crisis in terms of the state of our planet, the state of our governments, the state of, you know, violence in this Mm-hmm. country and elsewhere. And I, I really am, am hoping that other people understand that women have the answers, you know, yes. that the feminine power is love. It's not Absolutely. war or hate or violence. It's love. Right. And when we and- can all embrace that and not feel threatened by it and recognize it as the true strength that it is, I think that we will 
and they move back into balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. And with that, you have a free gift to offer to our audience as well. Could you tell us briefly about I that? I do. Yes, I love yes. to give free gifts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I say the same things to all my patients, and I want to share that with with your listeners. It's mm-hmm. my eight top tips. If they sign up for my newsletter, if they just send me an email, um, actually, no, I think it'll be on your website. That's right. It will be on my it's website. PDF. Absolutely. And we talked about a little bit of them today, having good bowel movements, um, going to sleep. Uh, but basically, the, the eight things that I literally say to every patient, um, I want to share it with, with all of your listeners. That they don't even have to come see me as a patient. They have those <laughs> great tips to help support their health, to support their lives, so that they can go out there and be those incredible women to take back the power. Right. Now, Wanda, <laughs> you... Uh, unlike some of the um, non-traditional modalities, um, you can't do acupuncture from a distance, right? No. no. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> I do the next like thing. teaching people acupressure. It's pretty simple. Oh, okay. It's, you know, finding places on their own body. It all correlates to our own body measurements. So like our mm-hmm. hands are the common body measurement. And so it's really easy to show people acupressure, and it's a lovely way to help them connect to themselves and connect to their own health. And again, can be used like meditation, you're breathing into a point. Mm-hmm. And the method that I studied, it's not the acupressure where you're like, oh, ow, that hurts, ow, 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 you <laughs> touch the point. If your fingertips are turning white, you are pressing too hard. Mm-hmm. You're just connecting energetically with the point. And that's what we're doing with the needles. We're connecting energetically with the point. Um, awesome. And so acupressure, you can you can do it on yourself. Yeah. Okay. So audience, you, you have a methodology that you can use that will work between your uh, acupuncture appointments and using acupressure on yourself in a gentle way to connect and to open the meridians and the channels in your body. So Wanda, as we are beginning to come to the end of the program, I would love you to give the audience three, sort of your final three tips for the holidays so that they can stay healthy through the holidays and stay on track with their plan. Mm-hmm. Well, going to bed earlier, I think it's really important listening to uh, the, the season change, the darkness, heading to bed you know, rather than midnight, <laughs> yes. um, uh, at definitely letting ourselves do less. And I think the key to doing less is actually being self-compassionate. I notice that I want to, you know, give the best gift to my family and give the best present and like, this homemade, you know, very mm-hmm. time consuming thing. And, um, if I can just be a little bit more compassionate, like I don't, I don't need to prove anything to my family. They already love me. I don't need to like, buy their love. I don't need to, you know, <laughs> to, to go overboard. I can give them something very simple um, or even do something very simple. Like maybe we agree all this year we're going to donate to Heifer International or, you know, that we're going to go to a homeless shelter and donate our time together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that stuff is really beautiful. We create really beautiful memories that way. And you're not needing to do so much. You don't need to go out shopping and you know, waste a lot of time or money when you can create something much simpler and, and really beautiful with each other during this time period. And, you know, when I talked about hermit, having a little bit of a hermitage of um, 
you know, spending more time indoors and having more quiet time. I I actually don't want your listeners to think that that doesn't mean connecting with our loved ones, you know. Right. I think especially when it's darker and colder, you know, we need that light, that light of love, that warmth of love, of connection to help us feel warm and, and happy. A lot of people struggle with depression and struggle with anxiety during the holidays and I encourage, um, I encourage my patients, I encourage your listeners, I encourage all of us to really um, reach out to when we need help, reach out to our loved ones, reach out mm-hmm. to, you know, that supportive person in our lives when we are feeling down or feeling blue or feeling dark, because it's very common and it's totally natural. Um, right. So those are my three tips, self-compassion, do less, and... I forgot the first one already. Go to bed early. Go to bed early. <laughs> yes. Um, and and want I resonate with all three of those? I would love to go to bed earlier, um, which I, I try to do. Um, the Hulk self-compassion, I love that. And the fact that you don't have to have that homemade gift. I'm working on a, a Christmas stocking for my new son-in-law. And I told him, I said, it's not going to happen in the year, um, but you, you will get it. You know, and, and probably in less than five years. Um, so I'm trying to be compassionate <laughs> about, that, about that as well. Uh, and then the whole idea of still connecting with people. Because I think um, when you didn't have cars and all that, you still met family and had that family time. And that is so very special. So, Wanda, thank you so very much for being on the show. It's been awesome. And uh, it's thank a great way to start me. this season. Thank and, you so much for having me, Linda. It's, I'm really honored and I feel so privileged to be able to speak to your audience, to speak to you and to share, you know, my love for Chinese medicine with them and with you. And I, I really, it's been such an honor. It's been super fun. Thank you for letting fan, me come play with you. Fantastic. And audience, if you want more information about what I do in the art of herding cats, leading teams of leaders, you can go to my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. That's also where Wanda's free gift is. And so until next time, please remember to be courageous, dare to lead, and really honor the seasons. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.